Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. This is Peggy and Dion. ESPN 1000. So my guilt-ridden 11-year-old just texted me and said, I'm going to get grounded now, Mom, aren't I? Because he admitted that he has sworn and outside you, of my presence. And, and I said, of course not, okay. buddy. It's See? just fine. It, I do think, too, it's important to teach them what is acceptable and what is not. Yes. I remember now I have been known to colorfully describe things with Swear words sprinkled and sparsed about in lots of places. I can, I feel like curse text with the best of them. I can, <laughs> I, I, I can, I can turn a quick phrase with, uh, with that type of language, but I will tell you, I'm very good about never swearing in front of my kids. Yeah. I don't know if they've ever really caught me maybe once as I was kind of whispering an F word with my kids in the room, but I wasn't even aware completely that they were there. Yeah, yes. When I'm aware they're there, I'm very good at turning it off. And and yeah. I think part of it is doing the radio, oh, right? Right, of course. You have to know when you can and can't, yes. and you have to be able to turn it on and off. So I've always been good about that. However, my wife, who actually does not swear often when we're in general conversation, but when work <laughs> comes into play, she can be triggered at times where she's frustrated. Yes. And my kids have heard her from time <laughs> to time just, you know, just let F words fly freely in the kitchen. Wow. Where they've observed it. And, you know, it's just her frustration and her all consuming job that sometimes gets the best of her. And so I'm always kind of like, come on, can you tone it down just a little when they're <laughs> wow. in the room and in the vicinity? Right. And she's, you know, but I, because of this, I had, I've had numerous conversations about, when it is and is not appropriate to go ahead and swear. And I've told my kids, listen, a swear word is just another word, but you have to be cognizant of the fact of the company you're keeping. Of course. And, you know, who you can and cannot swear in front of. And in professional or settings with other adults, let's not use those words. Let's find better choices to go ahead and use it. So that's always been my message to them. And I don't think, I can't recall a time where my kids have ever sworn in front of me. I think I might have overheard my son using the S word, but I don't think he was aware that I was anywhere in you know, right. near him. However, <laughs> he does freely use the phrase, what the? And the, uh, a, a, a hard what the? And then trails off. <laughs> so you know it's a WTF situation, yes, Dion. Yes, But he doesn't complete the out loud F Okay. But the, and this is where the way you say it matters because the way he says it with such aggression <laughs> makes it almost sound like he's completed the whole phrase. Now, I don't right. I, I do not know, Dion, if he actually is thinking in his head the whole phrase. Yes, he is. But I don't know that or if it's just because growing up being surrounded by a bunch of other 9, 10, 11, 12-year-olds uh, specifically, too, when you're playing, you know, online video oh my games, gosh, yes. Fortnite, yes, that he hears them saying "what the" quite often as well. And and again, I'm just he does not complete the phrase. Okay, so it's harsh when he says it to the point where I'm like, hey, you can't say "what the" the way you say it. <laughs> 
Because even though you're not swearing, with that tone. it is actually almost as bad yes. if you complete it because the way you're saying it makes it sound like you're saying, you're saying it. Would you rather he just complete outright it. say it? You know, it's it's again, it's company you're keeping. It's he, He's so free and loose with it when he's, you know, with other gamers, you know, on his headphones. Yep. Then I'm like, hey. You need to chill out and relax a little bit here. Let's find <laughs> let's let's not get so aggressive about it because if someone's around you, they think you're actually swearing. So right. uh, that has been my experience with my 11-year-old son and his almost but not quite swearing. So Cash was about I think 6 the first time that he was he was throwing some some laundry like down the chute or something and it didn't go in and he says, "What the hell?" And I was like, "Oh my I, I P.S. I do not even feel comfortable saying that. Am mm-hmm. I allowed? To, I can say that on the radio. Oh, please. Right? <laughs> I've said so many things. I don't feel comfortable saying that. Week. Oh, my gosh. So he says it. And we were like, whoa, what is that? Then maybe like a week or so later where I walked to the park and he had gone ahead with some of his friends and he's yelling it from the top of the oh, from the okay. top of the monkey bars or whatever. And I was like, Cash Harrison, get over here right now. <laughs> and that he was punished at that point. Yes. That's fair. Again, what are you? Um, how are you potentially uh, Im- influencing the others around you? I right. think it's important. And I think it was something where he had just heard it. He yeah, had heard others course. saying it, like Dino, because he was maybe six. But anyway, no, yeah. I, I'm of the opinion that when you have children, your house is bugged. So whether you're saying it in their presence or not, they hear well, and they know. Oh, okay. You're, so your kids are around. Listening all the time. Even when you're not there, like the walls can talk. They know. They know how you feel about things. They know how you i i'm always saying see when you said bugged i thought you might have meant your alexa or your google home well also that yes well also that they're monitoring so freaky that freaks me out that see i can have a conversation about i don't know i need a water pick in my bathroom and the next time i open my phone there it will be on sale yeah i find um (laughs) i find it i find it's best not to think about it and my ploy is i go around the house and unplug all of them constantly my wife gets mad at me though because then she tries to make the grocery list yeah oh that yes she has to reset it and she i get get yelled at chronic announcer she she, uh yeah she throws f-bombs at me for unplugging (laughs) the uh the google home around the house oh my god she's like i'm trying to make the grocery list what the <laughs> now I know where my son gets it, Dion. Of course, of course. She's Dion Miller. I'm Jeff Meller. In for Peggy Kaczynski this week. Will Peggy be back next week? I don't no, know. Who knows? We'll have to, so find we'll out. Have to so, tune in to but, find out. But uh, we are here with you this week, and we saw uh, we got a uh, great action at the UC tonight. We had some great action at the UC <laughs> last night. It yeah. was actually fun for the first time in a while, in my opinion, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to watch the Blackhawks win. And you had a couple of hat tricks. Yeah. And Brian Hanley on the hockey show bringing the fire this morning with the question, does it even count? Do hat tricks count if yes. if the final goal is an empty netter, Dion? Uh, they do. They do count. Should they? Because it is a third goal. This is what we had this debate in the ABC7 Sports office last night because we were editing on the fly. It was happening. They were scoring so fast in that third period. And we were trying to get ready for the 10 o'clock news. And mm-hmm. so it was like, should we? And my producer looks at me. He's like, should I put it on? Because, you know, Kirby Doc hadn't scored in a while. So that was a big deal. And we were trying to, they scored eight goals. Like, yes. how are you, you know, differentiating, whatever. And, um, and I was like, yeah, we put it on. He's like, yeah, but it was a, it was an empty netter. Like, it's not quite the same. And I was like, no, it is the same. Ooh. It is the same. I thought it was the same. And then today I got a viewer email, which I appreciate viewer emails. I really do. Um, I really do. But she just says that she was disappointed in me 
because I'm not going to use her name. We're going to protect the innocent. Um, but she was upset because I didn't show Brandon Hagel's um, hat trick. Final goal. Final goal. And I didn't mention that it was his 100th game and he was getting a hat trick. Now, here's what I will say. I love I love viewer emails. I love interacting with our viewers. I love to know what our viewers care about. We had two minutes of sports last night and we had to go fast. Yeah. And we had we had limited time to talk about what was going on. So we didn't have time for eight goals. Should we have mentioned more of it? Maybe. We'll do that again today. But I, I it's a big deal. I think hat tricks are always a big deal. I don't so, know. So did you did you this is so tough too, and this is where I think it's you know, this is a little uh uh, intro, little look for the viewer into what goes on here because yeah, you have two minutes and you have the entirety of the sports landscape to cover. To cover, and, and and the majority of our viewer is not necessarily the diehard sports fan. Sure, and so we know that you know the people that are often watching sports are oh I know who Patrick Kane is yeah that's a big deal mm-hmm. they may not know the other names that may not resonate with them as so much. So did you say Patrick Kane had a hat trick? Yeah. But not Brandon Hagel. I don't remember. Okay, see that's she's where, saying I didn't mention it, so I probably sure. so didn't. I could I, I guess I could see her point is if you if you you know you could have said Kane and Hagel right right, right. but yeah. yeah you're right though but most of your viewers don't know who Hagel is right so that's and, fair and, but, and it was happening while I was on the set I, excuses I should not make excuses but it was just a I'm interested though it's it's interesting to it's, see the insight of how this comes about it's, it's live it's happening mm-hmm. as we speak. It's easy for me on the radio. We've got two hours right. of the show to fill in. And you know what, though? Oftentimes, we don't get to a lot of things we want to talk about right. here, too. We were actually talking about that in the break. Is There's so much stuff, and you don't have all, you have all this time. You think it's going to, you know, all this time to get to all these topics. And you're like, oh, am I going am I, am I to have enough? And then right. it, it turns out you didn't get to half the stuff on your list that you were hoping to talk about. Oh, my goodness. That, that's that's, that's my week. sportscast every day. That's so, my sportscast every day. There's try, so many things I want to talk about. Try condensing that into two minutes. Much more right. difficult. But... I do think Brian Hanley had a point on the hockey show this morning. When you score a hat trick, it's different when the final goal is because of an empty netter. I'm not trying to... Maybe I am. I'm trying to diminish the accomplishment just a bit. Because when you score a hat trick, the third goal, when all of them come against the goalie, (laughs) it is a little different. No, I can agree with you on that. Yes. You know, tapping that last one in. And again, here's the thing. Kane had a, a a brilliant night last night, and yeah. there were there were a couple of shots prior to getting the tap in where he had some ridiculous, you know, just his hand eye coordination. And uh, oh. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of it if it hit the crossbar or if it just sailed over. But he had beaten the goalie and he just missed the net. Yeah. It was still a brilliant shot. So it seemed like he in some ways he earned the hat trick anyway because he he didn't score, but one that he should have. It felt like, but. I do think it loses its luster when the hat trick is the final goals on the empty empty net. But let me also say, he only has eight hat tricks in his career. Only, I say. He has eight Mm -hmm. hat tricks in his career. It's not like he's he's had multiple two-goal games, right? So it's not like... Like they're just, he's getting all these hat tricks because of empty netters. You know what I'm saying? That's why I feel like it still is noteworthy. Now, yeah, no, and it's definitely noteworthy, but I do think when the. And it should count. Three yeah. goals in a game maybe, is hard. I don't care. I, of I don't course, care. but maybe it should, maybe more should be made of the fact that, you know, when you actually have a hat trick that occurs and the final goal is not an empty netter. Maybe we should make more of that. Maybe we should, you know. Okay. <laughs> if Brandon Hagel's had not been an empty netter. Uh-huh. Maybe I would have done that instead of Patrick Kane. Somehow I doubt that's true. <laughs>
But that's just We me. also had a teeny tiny technical difficulty right before I went on the air last night. So that was another reason why our highlights were limited. Ah, ah well, what are you going to do? It's the Mighty Seven. We're doing yeah. our best. Uh, you know what? It's still great work. She's <laughs> Dion Miller of ABC7. You can also hear her every Saturday along with Peggy Kaczynski. Just not this week because I'm Jeff Miller. In for Peggy. <laughs> Up next... The UC is uh, going to be rocking again tonight and probably yes. louder than it was last night. Correct. Because DeMar DeRozan, who some people are talking about as an MVP candidate, well, his newest teammate called him something and described him as something else the other day. Yes. Which I thought was very cool. We'll share that with you next. Live stream ESPN 1000 or take a listen to our other shows on demand. It's the ESPN Chicago app. This is Peggy and Dion. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Smooth criminal. Smooth criminal, man. Um, D-Gold, man, one hell of a player, man. He's playing. He's playing. Lights out right now. Here's DeRozan. Stops. Fires. Got it. DeRozan. Fires for the lead. Got it. Does it again. Oh, my goodness. I told you. DeMar DeRozan time. Once he got to his spot, it was over. Look, no double team comes, comes late, spins back, take that with you. DeMar DeRozan is the real deal. You hear the MVP chance. My he's the MVP right now of our league, and he's playing at an MVP level. I think people need to give, give him his credit, give him his flowers, because what he's able to do with this team and, you know, when... when Things are getting stagnant, and we need a big bucket and a big-time shot. That's what big-time players do. You know, I've played with some big-time players, and when, when you know, when it's money time, you give them the ball, and it makes something happen. And that's what he's been doing night in, night out, but especially tonight. Newest bull, Tristan Thompson, describing DeMar DeRozan's Fantastic effort on Thursday night. The Bulls are back in action tonight at the yes. UC as Ja Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies visit tonight. Hopefully, I assume Ja is going to play. He banged yeah. up his hip the other night, but uh, no no injury-related updates on him. So I think he's going to play, hopefully. Um, I say that because even though I'm a Bulls fan, I always like to watch some of the best players in the league. Yeah. So, of course, I'm rooting for the Bulls. But uh, DeMar DeRozan, the season Gosh. that he has had, Dion has been absolutely magnificent and I would say very surprising for a lot of very Bulls Very surprising. This, and no one expected this. And he just is so, it's like effortless. It's so fun to watch him to just rock the UC, right? Like the other night when he hit that shot 15 seconds to go, the place goes nuts. And he could hardly even describe what that feels like because it just is so natural for him. He He's become so clutch. And what he's doing at such a consistent level is is incredible. It's incredible. And finally now, after the All-Star break, as there's only 22 regular season games left, finally people are starting to talk about DeMar DeRozan and what he's doing. Because I saw a tweet last night, someone talking about, look, if this was 
MJ or this was LeBron shooting at that high of a percentage at that consistent of a level. I mean, it's like otherworldly what he's been able to do. So uh, his 37 points against the Hawks extended his streak of games with 35 or more points on 50% or better shooting from the field to eight games. Yeah. He also passed Michael Jordan's 1988 mark for the second longest streak of 35 plus point games in Bulls history. Now, Jordan still has the lead, which is 10 games. So if he can go ahead and extend the streak, he being DeMar DeRozan, if he can extend his streak tonight, he will move within one game of tying Michael Jordan's Bulls record of 10 straight games with 35 points or more. I mean, we're talking about Jordan stats that he is... We were talking about Wilt Chamberlain. Like, oh my gosh. So, and the crazy thing is, we all knew that DeMar DeRozan was an all-star player and, you know, had had plenty of all-star seasons, had averaged over 27 points per game with the Toronto Raptors in the past. So we knew what he was capable of. But I don't think anybody believed he was capable of this. No, no, I don't think so. And what's interesting to me is when a player hits a certain stage of their career, you kind of, I think all of us as sports watchers, kind of assume that they plateau and you don't generally expect a, a, level, a high, higher love, level, right? Mm-hmm. What DeRozan has done, I, I think is really interesting and something he said, I want to play for our listeners out there, Deanne, something he said back on Valentine's Day um, when in the midst of this streak in the post game, he was asked about, you know, what he's doing and his efficiency. Yeah. And he noted his approach to the game, the mental acuity that he brings to it, I think is maybe more than most that I've seen from some players. And I think that is leading to some of his success today. Here, listen to Sam Smith set it up with a Q&A in the postgame back on February 14th, which I think gives us a lot of insight into his success. He was asked about you starting slowly and he said that you sort of survey the game, you know, you check how they're playing you, um, you know, see how other guys are going. And that, that's something Jordan used to. Now I'm not comparing him with Jordan. He was better. But. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. You damn right. I'm with you. <laughs> but he used to talk about that as well. That you know he, he would start slowly, see how they're playing, what they're going to do. And is that the, the way you approach? For sure. Too? Uh, for sure. And it's it's crazy you say that. I was just telling somebody the other day. I'm a big boxing fan, and one of my favorite box. Floyd, and I remember having a conversation with Floyd um, years ago, you know, how he approached fights, you know, and for him, it's about collecting data in the first couple rounds of what his opponent liked to do, how he could just break them down, you know, and, you know, I'll talk about the championship rounds when they come to seven, eight, nine, ten round where you could kind of hear your opponent breathing a little bit harder, you know, drop, you know, the same analogy and approach I take with with basketball, you know, and just picking them apart, understanding how a defense going to play me, player, aggressive, game flow. You know, it's just me collecting so much data early in the game and, and kind of pick it apart as the game goes on. Is that a conscious thing that you approach it almost like a boxing match? Yeah, yes, 1,000% because it's, I'm such a fanatic when it comes to boxing and, you know, some of the greatest boxers that I watch, you know, I always try to analyze how, to, how they approach it. You know, me, I, I, I kind of do the same. You know, I'm not no knockout puncher, you know, but I, I want to wear you down because I know I could go to length however long you need to go. So that was DeMar DeRozan with Sam Smith on the questions there. In the mm-hmm. post game, the night the Bulls beat the Spurs. And if you'll recall, Dion, 
DeMar DeRozan scored 40 points that night, but what was peculiar about that night was that he started one for six from the right. field, right? Right. But he was still able to go ahead and finish with 40 points on the night, and he shot 16 for 24 from the field. So think about that. After starting one for six, he finished the game 15 for 18 from the field. Yeah. The... Uh, you know, the efficiency with which he scores as the game progresses is incredible. And yeah. I like Michael Jordan's a whole different type of animal Correct. when you're discussing, you know, Bulls history. But what DeMar DeRozan has been doing lately is it is just I, I can't even put into words what I'm watching because of the way he's doing it. And I thought that was very insightful that night because. He tells you it, the, the mental aspect and how he's approaching the game is really interesting to me. And because this is his first year as a member of the Bulls, I'm not sure if he's always been like this. But the success on the court right. has never been no. this good for him. So I do think there may be a bit of a different approach that DeMar DeRozan is taking this season that he never had in the past. And it's it, he is excelling. And for Bulls fans, this has been incredible to watch. It, the first thing I think of is the way he just described that is a, is a maturity, is, is a player maturity, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's grown up so much. And I was watching him warm up the other night when we were at the UC before that game on Thursday night. And I thought of that, that conversation. Mm-hmm. I thought of how, how, he's a, how brilliant that is for him to approach it. Like seeing him miss shots... And, and kind of just getting in, finding his groove and, and knowing that he'll be there in the fourth quarter and knowing in, in his heart that he will be, he's going to measure like how this game begins and then ease into his rhythm. And that's exactly what happened. Like it's, it's brilliant when you see it unfolding that way. And it is, it's a maturity. It's a knowledge of the kind of player he is, his own competitive nature, what, what he knows he's able to do. And that kind of confidence that he's carrying into a game is just, it's just cool. It's, it's another level that, he's finding later in his career. And I think a lot of the things he went through with his dad and traveling back and forth and all the things that he went through when he was in San Antonio and even leaving Toronto and how emotional all of that stuff was has kind of matured him into this moment to be able to be the best version of DeMar DeRozan that the, that the Bulls are getting. And, and just finding that right fit. I think the psychology of sports has come in a lot over the last couple of years, but it really matters. It's the mental health of these guys and, and the the grind of what they're going through, but gen, just then knowing what they're dealing with in life and on the court. I think it's it's coming together for him at the right time, in the right place for this moment. I will say this too. I think based on what happened again on Thursday night, you know, remember he too had the, the back-to-back game winners. Yes. Oh, uh, remember uh, so on December amazing. 31st and January 1st. So the weird, weird, um, you know, in two different years. Yes. He's the first <laughs> player ever to hit back-to-back uh, game winners in, you know, uh, last second shots in different years. In different years. So he's got all these things and all these memorable moments this season. I do think the narrative is starting to unfold now where he may actually end up winning the MVP. It's mm-hmm. not going to be easy. He's going to have to continue to play at the level he's currently at, if not continue to, you know, if he can just play at this level where he, you know, is frequently hitting 35 plus points a night on over 50% shooting, well, then the conversation will continue to, you know, swell in his favor. Yeah. And also, too, the fact that the Bulls now are 39 and 21 mm-hmm. tied with the Heat, that to me is going to be critical. The Bulls need to, I think, if DeMar DeRozan is going to go ahead and win the MVP, I really do think the Bulls have to get that one seed. I do Just too. like when Derrick Rose won it in 2011, they were the number one seed. I think 
DeMar DeRozan's MVP candidacy is going to rely a lot on them winning the number one seat because we know that the biggest you know impediment for him is probably going to be Joel Embiid. Yes, Ma- Giannis. I I don't think the way the Bucks are you know they're thirty six and twenty four, so it's only three games back. So certainly if they go on a run, it'll be different. But I think there's going to be some reticence to give. Giannis another MVP when you've got so many other great candidates, right? Right, right. Devin Booker is in the mix, especially if the Suns continue to play at a great level. But I think it, the door is open for I DeMar. I do too. I do and too. I'll give the listeners out there evidence. Well, yesterday on First Take, Stephen A. Smith is on there with Kendrick Perkins. Yeah. And for, I don't know if it was five, eight minutes, a, a full segment on DeMar DeRozan with the uh, heading DeMarvelous. Wow. And, and Stephen A. Smith talking about DeMar DeRozan being the MVP frontrunner, that shifts the narrative. And so if DeMar DeRozan, again, it's an exceedingly high level of play that he's going to have to continue to play at. But if he can keep doing what he's been doing over these last eight games, you know, noting that, of course, the streak's not going to go on forever. But if he can c- continue to do this for a large portion of the rain- remainder of the season, yeah. I think he could win the MVP. I think he could, too. I think he could, too. But what he's all about is winning championship and and putting the bulls in position for that and this whole team has been so it's just been they've just been fun to watch because of the way that they care about each other and the way they care about what they're doing together and and even bringing in Tristan Thompson that was a big moment this week it was interesting i think we should talk about that absolutely there was uh, a lot there was um he was definitely a huge addition and he was in his first game on Thursday night, uh, a valuable member out there, a yeah. big that I think is they're going to need to lean on, and he has some playoff chops. So I'm with you, and it's not just his play on the court that stood out <laughs> to you. We'll share out what else Dion was intrigued by from Tristan Thompson next. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. Welcome back to Peggy and Dion. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Another Saturday flying by here in the State Street studio. Yes, yes. I mean, flying by. Jeff, this is so much fun. Um, Let's continue talking about the Bulls uh-huh. because they are so much fun and they're playing again tonight and uh, we're going to see more from DeMar DeRozan and probably Tristan Thompson which was an interesting interaction this week when he arrived on Thursday. I I was in Cleveland covering the Cavaliers when he was drafted mm-hmm. in 2011 and I remember when he started dating Khloe Kardashian and thinking is that the same Tristan Thompson? Like, I was just surprised sure. that this kid from Canada went to Texas. Like, I just didn't see him as the Hollywood and hoops type. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that's definitely where he's at. And it was interesting because he was asked by another reporter in uh, about that towards the end of the towards the end of the uh introductory press moment he had with us. Now, I will say this: Billy Donovan was over the top about just how personable he is, and he is. He's a charmer. He looks the part. He's adorable. So you can see why Chloe would be enamored by Tristan. Chloe, any one of the other women that he interacts with, yes. But I did not. And and so this other reporter, he asks a brilliant question. He's like, how do you feel about the fact that a lot of people know you for the, 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 like, they don't necessarily know you for basketball. And he, Tristan, asked for, like, a little more clarification. And he was like, well, there's a whole section of people 
who know you for, you know, Hollywood mm-hmm. over hoops. And and how do you feel about that? And obviously there's you Google Tristan Thompson right now. You'll see instantly what everybody is talking about. So this was his response. Just be myself. Be true to myself. And, um, you know, everyone's going to have their opinion on you or judge you. But, you know, until you break bread with me and get to know me, then you know who really I am. So I think you guys will get to know me some more and uh, get to know the uh, real Tristan. So. I don't like talking in third person, but <laughs> not at all. That's not my thing, guys. So don't, yeah, you're getting to know me, you know? Shout out to dinner? Yeah. Huh? Shout No problem. You guys like pizza? Not a, not a, deep, not a deep dish, guys. So we're going to get some, like, just regular pizza. So he, he, played, he played it well. He also mentioned that he's very blessed with all three of his children. Mm-hmm. Um, but I then later was trying to do a little bit more research about, like, where he's at basketball wise. And I Googled what can the Bulls expect Tristan Thompson? Like that's I, just not a full sentence. Just I just needed some words. <laughs> and I mean, the first two pages were expecting his third child with a third different mom. And oh, well, I you mean, put expect, expect in there. Well, I wasn't thinking. I wasn't thinking that that would be that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. So it was just interesting. And I did have more than one comment when I posted pictures of him and what he was saying and, and that, you know, I think fans will like him on the court. I think he's that he's such a likable guy. And, you know, a lot of responses, Team Chloe, and I can't believe he's on the Bulls. And it was just, it's just interesting. He's a more of a polarizing player than I anticipated. So I'm trying, like, from a basketball sense, he, he, I think he got unfair baggage, not from the off the court stuff, but because. He got the big contract in Cleveland. Yes. And LeBron James is somebody who will quickly point the finger. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I, we, who, we were talking earlier about Aaron Rodgers and how sometimes his lack of accountability, uh, accountability publicly, right? LeBron James, you know, he, he, he will gladly take all the adoration that you want to send his way. And he will also send out yeah. um, ev- the faults of everybody around him and why he's never responsible. And I think Tristan Thompson, at least my recollection of his career, because he had the big contract, he frequently, you know, was the whipping boy from LeBron James because oftentimes in Cleveland, they came up just short, right? Yeah. In yeah. that first run when LeBron was there. And Tr- Tristan Thompson was the big who was tasked with helping them, you know. Yeah win championships and because of the big contract people felt like he didn't necessarily live up to expectations but i think tristan thompson was the perfect addition for the bulls exactly what, what they, they needed need. yeah and without having to give up anything of consequence because he was a, a buyout and a signing and so i think tristan thompson was a perfect move for this team and he brings the big that you know whether or not again I don't think there was a trade to be made for the Bulls because they really didn't, I don't think, ever had any real interest in trading Patrick Williams away. And that was the only piece they had that you could look around the league and say, well, if you're going to get a difference maker that might help you beat teams like the 76ers, the Bucks, the Nets when you need to in the playoffs, the Heat. There was. I don't think there was a player the, the Bulls could have gone out and traded for right. that you would feel confident would make them the clear cut front runners right right so without that being available tristan thompson to me was the perfect solution you know a guy on the buyout market that you gave up nothing for who is still a at 30 years old a very serviceable basketball player and who when vooch is not giving you what you want you can send tristan thompson in to be a a different type of player 
but still complimentary to this team around him. So, and like you said, that introductory press conference was revelatory for me. Yeah. I, outside of, like you said, following the, the saga, of what was going on, the page six or, you know, yeah, yeah. from Tristan Thompson's uh, TMZ, you know, outside of that and, I didn't know much about Tristan Thompson personally. I I don't consume the Kardashians. I, I don't either. I don't either. Tyler, so I Tyler, knew Precious any Little. insight on the Kardashians and Tristan Thompson, or do you? I, I'm not a big Kardashian person. I, I will say this: uh, when you Google Tristan Thompson's name, mm-hmm. Basketball Reference does not come up till page two. Yes, correct. That, 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 I just did that. Kind of all you need to know. That's, that's all that's, you need to know. Yeah, I just did that same thing, Tyler, and that I was thinking that same thing. I mean, the, it's and it's not like these are stories that are old. They're all in real time, like in the last twenty four to forty eight hours. Mm-hmm. All right. these yeah. dramatic stories that are off the court. Issues. I will say this. The so I was at the game on what was it Thursday, Thursday. Yeah. against the Hawks, and there was a couple sitting next to us, and the girl had no idea that Tristan Thompson had just been signed, and when she heard him check into the game, mm-hmm. she was <laughs> incensed. She she I, li- I like- heard her tell That's her funny. boyfriend at the time. Uh-huh. If I knew that he was playing and on this team, I would not have come. Ah, team Chloe for her. <laughs> Big time Team Chloe there. That's hilarious. That is awesome. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, it I, is kind of, I mean, I didn't realize that, that people felt so passionately, passionately about Chloe Kardashian. I guess I should have known that. But, I mean, I did also read that he posted some sort of public apology. I hope that he actually said those words to her. I don't care, Dion. I know. Yeah. Uh, all I care about is how he, what he, what he does on the basketball. I'm sorry, court, I have emotions about this too. Like okay, I, he okay, should, wait, wait. I want him so, to be a respectable. Okay, forgive my naivete. Forgive my the fact that I do not have any real knowledge of the Thompson Kardashian situation. Can either of you give me a a brief, you know, idea of what happened? Believe he cheated on her. Yes. Okay. Okay, so but he, here's the thing. So because with his trainer or a trainer, Tyler? Can I? T- it, here's sorry. the thing. You don't care. <laughs> it, it, I'm sorry. There's going to be infidelity going on. As a yes. Bulls fan, take care of that. Just don't let it get seep into how you play basketball um, publicly because it's known and out there because of who he cheated on. Yeah. Fine. You know what? Not going to lose. A second of sleep over Tristan Thompson and Chloe uh, Kardashian's, you know, uh, their breakup. I'm moving on. Now I know. Cool. All right. I, I guess, like, I actually, back to my 11-year-old son, I had a talk with him about mm-hmm. the fact that he has three different moms. Like, that, three different children with three different mm-hmm. moms, which is a, a lot. Maybe let's not do that. You know, like that's let's make a better choice. And I guess that then finding out that Dennis Rodman is his is idol. his idol One or his role idols, model. Yes. Like it's it suddenly makes a little bit more sense about his desire to balance hoops in Hollywood and mm-hmm. kind of be in both fields and kind of brand himself that way, which is weird to say. Loving the spotlight. As like a first round, fourth overall pick. Like that's just interesting that he's trying to balance the two. That's all. Yeah, he likes the he, hey, he likes the limelight. Apparently. He does. He's not afraid of it. He does give a good soundbite. Like I'm here for that. I would just, uh, I guess my, I just hope, I however it comes about, just be a good father to your children. Yes, that that for me, however, yes. you know what, and it becomes. And I think he can. I think he can be sure. But ultimately, you know, as a sports consumer, 
I can, I, you know, this is, and this is me personally, I compartmentalize, you know, the That's what I was going to say. You can do that, right? You can watch the, and not. Court, because I long ago came to the conclusion that whatever um, public persona they want to put on is what they're going to put out there. Yeah. I don't, you know, I'm, I don't want to say I don't believe it, but I'm very skeptical with whatever a person is putting out there publicly and I'll 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 trust that until you burn me a couple of times yeah. and prove that you're not trustworthy but ultimately I'm just watching you and as long as as long as I don't know about something you know I would say something that's felonious or you know as long as you're not breaking the law I personally will kind of like get by it but well, breaking you, hearts is okay. Just not breaking the law. I mean, I, I you live your life, Tristan Thompson. <laughs> I, I, is it? I, I'm. I yeah. Do, I mean, we can't control what he does. We can't control what he does. Do you so, not, do you not root for a player like that? Do, do you? I guess. Do you let it affect you in any way as a as somebody who watches sports? I, no, obviously not. I ever, and here's the other thing: is as we've gotten older, we all know everybody has something. Everybody's got something. That, that's there's the something going on behind everybody. And whether or not we know it, it you know, does that, that impact that, our loyalty to the fan to the team? Yeah, I just can't assume that everybody out there is as good as they're trying to portray. And you know, if your baggage does go public, right? I try not to be so critical and assume that you're the only person. Who does have things like that? Right. It's just ha- unfortunate for some people that it gets out there and then it becomes, you know, you become public, publicly scorned because of it. Everyone makes mistakes and there are consequences to those mistakes. Owning them and saying, okay, I, I screwed up. I need to get this together is where you re-earn my respect. Taking care of it. Yeah. We'll have a second chance to watch Tristan Thompson tonight <laughs> as the Bulls host the Memphis Grizzlies. The NFL Dominoes have begun to fall in the booth. Yeah. We'll discuss that next. Chicago's home for sports is on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago today. Welcome back to Peggy and Dion on ESPN 1000. I told Peggy last week that I used to know every almost every word of this song. Of the original. Or... Hip to the hip, to the hip, hip, poppy. Don't don't you know this song? I do, but with the original. Uh, who was it, Tyler? Sugar Hill Gang. That's, that's it. right. Thank that's you. right. Because yeah. I'm a little bit Sugar Hill Gang. I was not really cognizant of music as it was like released. Right? No, never. So, no, it, this was later. In yeah, life. yeah, yeah. So I got to know it a little bit later. But it, it, like at that point, we I think we brought up you know hip hop and uh, mm-hmm. gangster rap. Growing up in the nineties, I obviously was a big fan of gangster rap. But Sugar Hill Gang preceded that, so I didn't yes. really. I never knew the the words. I know that's right in Tom Waddle's wheelhouse. Oh, I love that. He can go love ahead and I think he yeah. can recite the whole thing for you. In fact, and I know in the past he um, has sung. Sugar Hill Gang. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would do I that have, with him. I, have, I would do that with ooh, him. I have audio uh, somewhere in our system. But we have been... One last segment to go, Deanna. It went I so know. fast. Wow, it did go fast. Uh, I'm Jeff Meller in for Peggy this week. 
Peggy, we hope we'll be back next week. We will find we out. We believe so. But I don't think I'll be available. So it's no? uh, hopefully okay, so Peggy's going to have to step up and be available for that one for the Peggy and Dion show. Uh, but we're wrapping things up here inside the first Midwest Bank studio on ESPN 1000. You can always go back and check out all the podcasts as well on the ESPN Chicago app. So make sure you download that if you missed anything and you want to get up to speed on what exactly happened with Danny Zetterman. You want the full, <laughs> you want the full story. It's all available for you on Find the out app. if my child has ever cursed not in my presence. Yes, yes. <laughs> so all of that is available for you at your fingertips on your phone if you e- uh, download the ESPN Chicago app. All right, so the dominoes across the NFL booths. Yeah. So Interesting we got stuff. word. It looks like Troy Aikman is going to be headed to ESPN where he will be taking over the Monday Night Football Analyst, which I think is a, a, a great, great grab for ESPN mm-hmm. because I like Lewis Riddick a lot. I do think, though, he was a bit miscast in the Monday Night Football booth. I like Lewis Riddick a lot, too. Um, I, I just think, when you, first of all, when they went to the three-man booth with Brian Ge- Greasy and Steve Levy. Again, I love Steve Levy. He, I thought, was miscast mm-hmm. as an NFL yeah. play-by-play man because he everybody got to know Steve Levy as a sports center anchor for the past 20-plus years. Right, Dion? Yeah. It, and I know he did some hockey. He you did know. a lot of he, hockey. He was more, you know, most fans knew Steve Levy as, you know, right alongside Barry Melrose. Yes. Forever. Forever. As the yeah. anchor for ESPN's NHL coverage. And he just didn't do a lot of play-by-play with football. So for him to move into the Monday Night Football booth and the fact that I never felt he, he just doesn't have that grandiose voice, right? Right. So when he stepped into the Monday Night Football booth, I just felt like it was a, a complete situation where ESPN was kind of trying to find their way, hoping it stuck. But I... I don't know where if Steve Levy will be the uh, play-by-play man next year. I would be surprised if he Same. is. It Same. sounds like uh, Joe Buck is somebody ESPN might be interested in, although he still has a year left with Fox. So we'll see how what that situation, how that goes about. I don't think Fox wants Joe Buck to leave. No, of course not, because he does everything. He does everything. So would and ESPN has people to do all those other things. So I can't imagine joe buck would be interested in Lee. i mean i guess money talks but i well you know like listen joe buck grew up in a baseball booth with his course, dad of right? course so right so i i think he loves being the, the uh play-by-play dad, man yeah. for the world series you yes know? agreed so i do think you know not having that property is probably something that plays a role for joe buck you like you said money always talks but it's different when you're somebody like joe buck who you know does base is the is the voice for baseball and football right right that is something that when you've reached his status you know i don't know how much money would be the difference maker for him right Uh, right but he might not if you're already making 12 million or something like that do like do you need to make 20 or will you be like you know what i love my life and i love being the voice of the world series well I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's it's just like players, right? People get traded all the time. Maybe he'd go somewhere else to a different team and feel like, wow, this is this is a great fit. I like this for my lifestyle. Like, who knows? Al Michaels is also a free agent. Yeah. Although it sounds like Amazon is a big player for him. He's Which using ESPN is, as leverage. Right. Of course. Of course. Al Michaels but and Troy Aikman. Would can that we just, I mean, I know we've you? discussed maybe, maybe, but for how long? Yeah. Because well, you know, Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but it's just... Five years, ninety million. That's a lot of money to do to talk about football once a week. It's a good gig if you it's can get it. It's a good gig if you can get it. You think? Uh, I listen, I'll tell you what. Aren't ESPN and ABC owned by the same? <laughs> owned by Disney? Aren't we all Disney? Dion, Dion, we can 
You yeah. know what? If we if this thing goes anywhere, Miller and Miller, <laughs> we'll work for. I mean, I'll, I'll work for eighty nine million. Say, same. I'd do 80. So, <laughs> 80 million. Right, we're, we're quickly giving away our negotiation uh, position by just blurting that out there. Uh, we are, yeah. You're interested in the NFL uh, Combine. Combine, yes. Well, I kind of have to be. But we are headed to Indianapolis this week for the NFL Combine. Our first time seeing like Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus in that role mm-hmm. and kind of picking their brains more about the roster they've gotten to know over the last month and hopefully talk more about the staff that they put in place and what their kind of vision is when they go through not only what they're looking for here at the Combine, but then OTAs will quickly follow and we'll get started. The football season continues. I won't be, I'm never too interested in what they say because they're always very vague in the NFL combine combine meetings because they don't want to give anything away. So I'll have to, I put more stock in what they do yeah. in the draft as opposed to what they say over this next week. That's true. I don't want to completely just, diminish what you're going to no, be no, doing No, no, no. I there. just want to get to know them outside of that introductory press conference. Sure. This is the first That's time true. we're going to get to see that. And finally, uh, plug your event that you have oh, going Monday on tomorrow. Monday night for Chicago Public Libraries. Or I'm Monday, going to get to have a, uh, so, a social justice conversation with Candace Parker. We're so lucky she's back in the city. Yes. What like a great advocate for so many things. So I'm really WNBA excited to chat with her. Champion. Um, you Candace can Parker. see I've tweeted it out on the socials, but it's virtual. You can watch it from home. Um, but yeah, we're gonna have a great discussion about so many things from Black History Month to Women's History Month. Should be fun. Great stuff, Dion. Thanks for having me Jeff, this week. You're the best. All right, uh, thanks, Peggy and Dion back next week. But uh, that does it for us here on ESPN 1000. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.